there, my name is Tina Conrad, aka DJ Breast Cancer, and I'm starting a podcast on my journey through breast cancer. My goal is simple, to help explain my journey in hopes that it helps one person. If you are facing breast cancer today, all I can say is I'm sending you my love, positivity, and holding your hand. It is so scary and life-altering. And for those diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, it is forever. If you know someone going through breast cancer, I may have a few tips, but these are from my perspective. Know that every person is a unique individual and all journeys are different. Each journey is confusing at times, nonlinear, painful, but yet there is a sisterhood, a beauty, and a grace. In my own unique journey, I have found some truths, some wisdom, and tips that I will share with you. I am dedicating this entire podcast to my friend Sandy Clausen, my dear friend and pink sister. She passed away in July of 2018 after a recurrence of breast cancer, and she never gave up fighting. This entire podcast series is dedicated to her memory. Mercy, help me now. Today's episode is affectionately named Namaste Active and goes into the importance of exercise for breast cancer. I know I mentioned in an earlier podcast that during my medical leave of almost three months, I did yoga five to six times a week, nearly every day. It provided me with an inner peace, a wave of calm that I never experienced before. I had tried yoga when I was about 30, years before my diagnosis, and remember thinking, this is stupid. I was an endorphin junkie, and running gave me that immediate fix I was looking for. If you are trying yoga for the first time, it is cumulative, and each day builds upon the last. And also, you don't have to be perfect, and it's okay. There's no scorecard, no judges, no stopwatch, just you and a mat and some stretching and your breath. It's about the most basic element of life we take for granted each and every day, your breath. I am a convert, a true believer in the benefits of yoga, and will encourage anyone to try it for a month. According to an article in the Huffington Post, medical research is revealing what cancer patients, cancer centers, and yogic practitioners have long known, namely that patients at all stages of health, including cancer survivors, can benefit from yoga. And the benefits are both physical and emotional. Here are four ways cancer patients can benefit. Number one, yoga helps manage depression, fear, and anxiety. All I know is that during my medical leave and in the midst of high chemo treatments, I was able to focus on my healing, my body, and my breath, and leave the fears and anxiety with God. Each day during my leave, I did a DVD called Gentle Yoga with a medallion mat in the center of my living room. Number two, the mood boost effect. Yoga too can release endorphins. 
Maybe in the past my mind was just too busy to understand this. After each session, I felt energized for the day and yet at peace. Number three, help to manage physical pain. Stress can cause pain in yoga that can help release the stress and tension that is built up inside of you. While the chemo was destroying all of the bad cancer cells, it was also destroying the good cells as well. Somehow with yoga, I felt like I had more control over this battle being waged inside of me. Number four, yoga community can provide support. Now I did yoga each and every day in the comforts of my own home. My oncologist was very concerned with my exposure to germs and it was peak cold and flu season. I know there are many great studios and teachers, but I did feel support in the comfort of my living room with my mat and my on-screen teacher, Charles. Here was one of the blog posts I wrote during this time of yoga discovery and really an awakening to the need to take better care of myself. It was called Surrender, written on February 8th, 2014. I always thought that surrendering was bad. I have learned otherwise through yoga. Surrender doesn't always mean giving up. It can mean giving in. Yoga has taught me a lot in the past two weeks. It has taught me the importance of breathing and paying attention to your breath. Yoga teacher teaches about strength and surrender, sometimes in the same pose. In order to have balance, you need the surrender. Also, yoga is not goal-oriented. It is a journey, and you need to just enjoy the process. It is important to stretch the spine, have good posture, and to encourage the breath. I am type A, especially at work. I'm wound a little tight. I'm goal-oriented. I look for results in everything. I ate at my desk or in a meeting every day, concerned only about getting something in my stomach, never thinking about my breath or my posture. Who had time? I had tried yoga probably five or more years before and was like, what's the point? I preferred running and setting goals for myself and letting the endorphins fly. My mind was so preoccupied, I couldn't even get out of my own way. The world looks a little different wearing cancer glasses. It is important to take time for oneself, to eat properly, to stretch, and mainly to breathe. By surrendering, I am not waving a white flag or giving up. To never surrender is to be rigid. Rather, I am becoming a net and letting the bad float on through. Exercise after cancer continued to be my outlet and quite often really a non-negotiable. After my cancer treatments and back at work, I saw exercise as a way to stay connected to my body, to challenge myself to new goals, and to maintain a greater balance of work and myself. I remember the first mile I ran after cancer. I imagined these little shrunken lungs that were now burning with the excitement of being used again. I did it, and it was glorious. In 2015, I set out with a new goal of walking the Avon 39, 39 miles throughout downtown Chicago with my mom. Not only did we have a fundraising goal of over $2,000 each, but we had a training goal. My mom and I had walked together in the Susan G. Komen three-day shortly after her treatments in 2005 and then again in 2010. This time would be to celebrate both of us surviving. My husband, my dad, and my in-laws hopped all around Chicago with signs to support us. They may have checked out a few breweries in downtown Chicago, but just seeing their shining faces at some of the cheer sections was so amazing and motivating. I did a lot of training for that walk, 
I took it very seriously, so close to after my treatments. I blogged one day about why I walked, and here is an excerpt. I walk. Going through chemo, I walked. It was one of the few things that made me feel better. I walked, knowing that each step put me closer to being done. Now I walk for different reasons. I walk because I can. I walk because I'm blessed. I walk in preparation of the Avon 39 mile walk. I walk for my pink sisters. I walk for anyone who has heard the words, you have cancer. I walk to hear, clear my head. I walk to forget the past. I walk to breathe fresh air. I walk to marvel at God's work. I walk to train. I train to walk. I walk because in June, I am walking a marathon one day and a half a marathon the next. I walk for all those who can't. I walk to join my mom in the survivor circle. I walk because I am a survivor. Throughout my cancer journey, I was determined to meet other young survivors, and I met a great network of women on Instagram. Some of them and I just clicked right away, and, knew, and we knew we would be friends for life. Elena was a triple negative breast cancer survivor diagnosed and, uh, near the same time as me, who lived in Florida. While I was in Florida one winter visiting my parents, we met in person, and it was so great to give her a hug in real life. Together with another friend, Tiffany, from Instagram, the three of us decided to walk in the Avon Walk in New York City in 2017. It was a great way to see all of the neighborhoods of New York and support a good cause. Tiffany ended up having a crazy year with moving and just couldn't invest the time in training, but still drove from D.C. to NYC and walked a bridge with us, too. My friend Elena, who lives in Orlando, was such a great inspiration and a fun walking partner. 39 miles equates to one day of walking a marathon, followed by a second day of walking a half marathon. If you think walking is easy, give this a try. It's a serious challenge of endurance and something you most definitely have to train for. I do try to have a physical challenge each and every year now, something that pushes me, makes me aware of my body and my breath. This year, I ran a half marathon in a local race called Fort for Fitness. Prior to cancer, I had run two half marathons and even a marathon in Chicago, but that feels like worlds away now. I'm a different person. Completing a half marathon after cancer was definitely challenging, particularly training in the summer. But crossing that finish line in two hours and 14 minutes for 13.1 miles was such an amazing rush. It was not my personal best for a half marathon. But I took satisfaction in knowing that after cancer, personally, it was my best. One of the neighborhoods in Fort Wayne even had speakers blaring Eye of the Tiger, and I felt truly like Rocky. What are some of the goals and challenges you have accomplished after cancer? How is it different? For me, each challenge after cancer is so much sweeter, feels like more genuine and heartfelt, and I seriously seek every opportunity to meet others, hear their story, and have some fun along the way. While I was in New York, it was fall and college game day, and I saw an alumni bar with a U of M blow-up football player, and I just had to run across the street to get a thumbs-down pick. I am a true MSU Spartan fan. Elena and I took pictures with the girl at the stock exchange, and we met up with a survivor going through treatments and living in New York and gave her a hug. It's these moments that actually take your breath away. 
crossing the finish line with Elena while Ray Rachel Platten's fight song played from the loudspeaker brought us both to tears. Meeting other survivor sisters, having support of my friend Natalie, my cousin Joey, and a, and a coworker Heidi was amazing to take in being so far from home. The biggest moment for me was walking the Brooklyn Bridge as a survivor in a pink tutu and that final emotional closing ceremony. Did you have any favorite songs during cancer? I didn't just have favorite songs, I had a theme song. Roar by Katy Perry, and it played on loop over and over and over again in my head. I was determined to fight this disease head on. I got the eye of the tiger, fighter, dancing through the fire, because I am a champion, and you're going to hear me roar. I even had a Ron Wear chemo jacket uh, equipped with spots for ports that had a giant tiger patch on it, inspired by the roar song. I asked my friends and co-workers to give me patches for my journey. I have a honey badger patch, one from Fiji, one from MSU, all kinds of love and support. I still get emotional when I hear Katy Perry's song, Roar, or the fight song by Rachel Platten. It transports me back and still feels raw. Music has a funny way of doing that, highlighting the mood and the memory, a place and time a place where time meets space. Now I'm making new memories, new songs to trigger the events in my life, but those from 2013 are forever etched in my soul. My Tina tip for this episode is find a theme song, something that inspires you. It may be Eye of the Tiger by Survivor, Mr. Brightside by The Killers, or Katy Perry's Roar. Play this song in your head when you need some inspiration and motivation. Remember, cancer is a marathon, not a sprint. Having a theme song kept me motivated for the long haul. Thank you for your time. This is Tina Conrad with DJ Breast Cancer. Next up is Snoop Bloggy Blog. Please feel free to leave me a review. I would love to hear from you and any future topics you want discussed. My website is www.djbreastcancer.org. Please visit for additional photos and links. Thanks again.